Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are a church located in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our mission is to know God and to make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how to partner with us, visit us at fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. Some of you have heard this sermon already. Irene and Herb come to two sermons. I better make it just a little bit different, throw in a little bit of a different joke or something, something else. But anyway, I'm going to speak to you today about something interesting I felt the Lord put in my heart. And this is it. The title is God Wonders 2, T-O-O. How many have ever wondered about something? Maybe you've wondered who you're going to marry. Does she like me? Does she not like me? Maybe you wondered if you were going to be invited to a wedding. And then maybe you wondered, I don't really want to go. Have you wondered why a person did this? Or how to deal with this situation? Maybe you wonder about our uncertain future in America. I think we've all been thinking a little bit about that. We wonder how God will work this out. And so we all have questions. But my point is today, do you realize God wonders too? And I'm going to prove that to you by the Bible today, that God sometimes wonders about things. Did you think that God would have to wonder? Well, he knows all things, but sometimes he looks in the heart of man and he doesn't quite get it. Maybe he does get it, but he expresses his uh, thoughts. I want to turn with you to Isaiah chapter 55. It's one of my favorite chapters, and it's a wonderful chapter, and Look at verse 2. I'll start with verse 2, then go back to verse 1. This is Isaiah 55 and verse 2. It says, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? God is wondering about this. He's watching us as humans go through our life, and he says, why do you spend money for that which is not bread, and for your labor that satisfies not? So he's wondering, because he knows that he is the answer to everything need. He knows that his joy will make you complete. Whether you're terrifically successful and own everything and you know, in that kind of thing, he knows that himself will bring you satisfaction and contentment. And he knows that we don't know that. You know, the Bible clearly tells us that my people perish because of lack of knowledge. There's times when we know a little bit about Jesus, but we don't really understand the fullness of his power and his blessing and provision for us. I often say in my preaching, Jesus is not only my savior to forgive me of my sins, but I as a human and you as a human have a problem. We try to fill this void in our lives. And sometimes folks have tried to fill it with alcohol and it doesn't work. Unclean things and sin and it doesn't work. Sometimes with a syringe, and it doesn't work. All sorts of things. Entertainment. Think of the billions of dollars we spent to make ourselves pretty. I found it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, the Bible talks about a man worrying about his stature can't add one cubit to his stature. You know what I found out at my age? 
I'm shrinking. <laughs> but I heard a preacher when I was just a young Christian and he preached about that God has made every one of us with a unique shape in our hearts. It was such a simple sermon but it was 45 years ago and I never forgot it. And he said, God has in your heart a shape that nothing can fill but Jesus. <laughs> and when he fills it, you look at everything different. How many knows the whole world changes when Jesus comes? How many know the sky is brighter? The day is more exciting. Everything in your life is more wonderful when Jesus is there. And how many know that you can have everything wonderful? Maybe a shiny new car. And if you don't have the peace of God and joy in your heart, it's not really satisfying. So let me go through these verses with you. Verse 2, ho everyone that thirsteth. So all of us are thirsty for something, aren't we? All of us are hungering for something to fill that place, that void. Ho everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. We're all thirsty. It says come to the waters. How many know that waters is a type of the Holy Spirit? Jesus said, I will pour water upon him that are thirsty. Isaiah says that. Jesus said, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers, which is waters of living water. God wants to satisfy us with his spirit, which is typified by waters. Then also wine. Wine in the Bible also is a type of the blessing of the Holy Spirit. And then milk. What is milk a type of in the Bible? Who can tell me? Word. Desire the sincere milk of the word. Who is the word? Jesus. What is the Holy Spirit? Jesus' other self. What the Bible is saying here is come to Jesus. He will satisfy you. He will be your water. He will be your wine. He will be your milk. He will satisfy you without money, without price. You know, I'm thinking, I told in the first service something that just came to me. When John Gordon was born, I had went to the Lamaze class with my wife. And I was supposed to breathe her through this natural labor, Darren, and I fell asleep. <laughs> it just was too exhausting. So my wife paced back and forth. She kind of looked like me then. And so anyway, uh, she was in 50 hours of labor, that dear woman. And actually, John Gordon was born C-section, and she had an epidural and so the bill for John Gordon was $6,000. At the age of six, I paid him off, and now he belongs to me. So that's the way it is. That's the way it is. <laughs> but look what it says here. Without money and without price. The greatest thing that God can ever do in your life is free. No, maybe I should go back. He paid the price. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. He paid it. All you have to do is accept it, receive it. Thank him for it. That's why we're praising him this morning. That's why we Christians love to praise him. Because he's done so much for us, we cannot tell it all. He's changed everything in our life. And we want to shout. We want to dance. We want to thank him. Hallelujah.
Praise the Lord. Even us old people get happy when we have Jesus. That's a good thing. Praise God. Without money and without price. In fact, it's an insult to pay for this or try to pay for this because the payment of the blood of Jesus was so all-conclusive, you can't add anything to it but just thank him and receive it. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Wherefore do you spend your money for that which satisfies not? So this thing, this salvation is free. And then the Lord, you know, he's just kind of wondering about this. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And bread is a very wonderful type of Jesus also. Do you know Jesus said, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. I am the bread of life that a man may eat thereof and not die. Do you know this bread is Jesus and this bread gives you eternal life. The Old Testament bread was a wonderful provision. Maybe I shouldn't tell this, but the first audience kind of liked it. The first bread in the wilderness was called manna. Manna means what is it? And if you sit down at the table and you have to ask the cook, what is it? That's not good. <laughs> so this manna came every day from heaven, just think of it, and kept them alive. Do you know that Jesus every day is our daily bread? Amen. Hallelujah. And he keeps us alive every day. Every day there's a fresh manna. And you know, this bread never gets stale. If you're really feasting right, you'll find that Jesus is so unique and he is so knows your need that every day he pours out something fresh that's different. How many have had him speak to you in his word and new things come forth? How many have felt a new sense of his anointing as you go on? Oh, thank God. Folks, the journey never gets old. Amen. The things of this world get old. The way of the Lord does not become laborious. It becomes more glorious. Write it down. Amen. It's fresh every day. He has manna for you and for me. Thank God. I feel like I could finish right now. Because you know what? What God showed me to say is really special. We need Jesus. And your God is looking down and he's wondering why people are trying, striving, seeking all these things to fill their lives when he is there and he's already given you all things in himself. Amen. So I want to pray with you right now. Before we go on to our second point of what God wonders about, would you like to pray with me and say, Lord, I just really want to get a real fresh touch in my life. Or maybe I've never quite said yes to you. Church doesn't save you. It's a personal commitment. The Bible says, all that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He that believes on the Lord Jesus Christ hath eternal life. It says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. You have to personally come to a point of decision. Now, I believe probably... Mostly everyone has done this. But maybe someone has never heard. You're counting on religion. 
You're counting on just being a good moral person. Listen, there's a lot of good moral people who don't know Jesus. Knowing Jesus is different than just being good in the eyes of the world because we've all sinned. There's none of us can stand before God in our own righteousness. You just can't do that. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. The only way to Jesus is to bow your knee and bow your heart and come to this saving faith. Jesus, you are Savior. I am a sinner. Forgive me and come into my heart. You know, my favorite verse in the Bible is this. John 6, 12. He that comes to me, I never will turn anyone away. So this morning, in your heart, in this simple meeting, if you say, Jesus, come into my heart, by the authority of the word of God, it happens. All right? So maybe someone want to make a rededication because maybe you were on fire but you've gotten a little lukewarm and you're starting to look back over your shoulder. Anybody been tempted with that other than me or Sister Donna? Is she angry at me? Let's look to Jesus. Come on, let's pray right now. God, we thank you. They thank you, Lord. We can turn our hearts to you. And Lord, you know every heart here And Father, if there's any here this morning who have never personally said, Jesus, I open my heart and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. God, I ask that you will do it for them today. Folks, this is what church is all about. Come. Anyone want to say yes? Say yes to him right now. Jesus, I say yes to you. I'm a sinner. You're the Savior. And you said, he that comes to me, I will never turn away. But you would receive us and all that would call shall be saved. Save that one, that two, whoever it might be here. You don't have me saying this for naught and I didn't plan on it this way. God, touch every life in this house. Reject him no more. Trust him. Open your heart and he will come in. And your life will receive that satisfaction, that bread, that water, that wine, that milk. Praise God. Verse 6, I want to give you this verse and then we're going to move on of this chapter. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. I like this because sometimes we think prayer is asking for things. It does include supplication and requests. But it says, seek ye or you the Lord. Prayer is coming into his presence. Prayer is receiving life. Oh, what a wonderful arrangement God has made. All right, now I have a next thing God is wondering about. And it has nothing to do with the first things that I've said. Absolutely nothing. I want you to turn with me to Isaiah 59. You know, sometimes folks are wondering where my wife and I are standing with what is going on. And so this is going to give you a little bit of a light as to what we feel is important during this pandemic. 
and uh, as a result of this unfortunate death uh, that has taken place, uh, these uh, peaceful protests, come on, please. There's been many police murdered. You don't hear much about that. 77-year-old policeman who was a captain, a black man murdered. There's police on life support because of this. People's businesses smashed and ruined, many of them Hispanic and black. Can you figure it? Doesn't make sense, does it? Because it's not really what they're telling you. There's something else. There's a plan. You know, one political party has said, never let a good crisis go to waste. Create chaos to cause change. Now they want to stop having police forces. And let, please. Okay. So, what is God wondering at? Turn with me to Isaiah 59. And I'm going to read a portion of verse 16. It says, And he saw that there was no man and wondered. I told you, God wonders. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. You see, God knows who has the power on earth. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You have authority in Jesus. You, as a Christian, are part of the greatest government in this earth, which is the government of the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has put in your mouth, in your heart, faith to effect change. And so God is there wondering, what's my people doing? Why are they all sleeping? Why aren't they taking their authority and praying? Why aren't they making a difference? Why are they so ineffective? Again, that verse I mentioned, my people perish because of lack of knowledge, but that's why I'm preaching to you today. So you can understand that God wants you to take your position in his kingdom, pray your family through, pray your nation through. Let's not give this country to the devil. And so God knows this. Jesus said, if you abide in me, that means to have his spirit. And you get that when you're born again, then we believe in a second definite work of grace. How many are thankful for the baptism of the Holy Ghost? All right. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. But sometimes as Christians, we just allow ourselves to kind of just sleep and coast. And I remember a true instance that happened in this church. Actually, we were in the chapel, and there was this fellow who had done missionary work. He was a godly fellow. He went to Bible school, and he came to the altar that Sunday night, and he sits down at the front, and I went to pray for him. My wife came to pray for him, and God gave me a vision. How many believe in visions? Do I look crazy? Don't answer that. So I approach this man, and all of a sudden, God opens my eyes. And I saw around him armor on the ground. I saw a sword. I saw the helmet. I saw the shield laying at his feet. I didn't say anything. I was just kind of startled. My wife comes, lays hands, and says to him, 
Pick up your armor and put it on. Pick up your armor and put it on. Now I'm talking about an isolated instance, but I think that's the church of Jesus Christ in America. We have the sword, but we laid it down. We have the shield. We have the breastplate. We have the armor of God. But we're just waiting for whatever will happen. You know what that is? That is to a sure path to defeat. You gotta take your sword out there, and why I always pick on you? And you gotta begin to fight the good fight of faith. You gotta be able to lay hold on eternal life. The enemy's gonna oppose everything God has for you, and you gotta kick him out, and you gotta take what's yours. Amen. I think I'm going to jump. Okay, that's it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I enjoy this. I don't know why. But I'm speaking the truth anyway. It's time to take up our armor. It's time to make a difference. It's time to take back this country for Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to prove to you Old Testament, New Testament. It's always been the problem that people are sleeping. So I want you to turn with me to Psalm 81. And I want to read some verses that are phenomenal. Because not everything that happens is God's will. Sometimes people say, oh, this terrible thing happened. It must be God's will. That is such ridiculous thinkology. Let me read something to you about his Old Testament people. Psalm 81. Look at it with me. Verse 13. God cries. He actually is really, really passionate here. He says, oh, that my people had hearkened unto me and Israel had walked in my ways. You know, the word hearken, the root word is hear. You know, we need to hear what the spirit would say. We need to be awakened. And so they didn't hear. And God says, oh, that my people would have hearkened unto me. And Israel had walked in my ways. Then look what he says. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned against their adversaries. Verse 15. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him. But their time should have endured forever. You see what God's plan really was? And some folks, you know, they believe in escape hatch theology. You know what that is? I have one brother right over there. I told him, oh, we got to pray for our country. He says, what are you worried about? The worse the country gets, the quicker the rapture comes, and I get out of here. Come on. Ridiculous theology. I'm worried about my grandchildren that will come someday. I'm worried about God being glorified in this earth. I'm worried about Jesus not being exalted like he should and wants to if his people would make a difference and hear the call to intercession. That's what happened to Israel. They failed in the wilderness. And I told you last week, I'm not worried about the Democrats. I know where they're going. I'm not worried about trusting anyone. And I'm worried about the church, and that's why I'm speaking this. Because if we rise up, we can make a difference. We can take this country back. We can affect a change. We can see a revival, and we can see God be glorified. Amen. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart, and I believe that's God's purpose. Amen. Praise God. And so we really, really, really need to really get after God in a very, very wonderful way. I want you to turn with me to Thessalonians. I just have a few more verses. 
but it's important that I read this to you. Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to start with verse 1 and read down through verse 6. It says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. By the way, I believe in the rapture. I just don't believe in using it as an escape hatch. Okay. Verse 3. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. You have to recognize the fight you're in. We're not in America in the 50s when I was born. We're not in America in the 60s, got a little rebellious. We are at a very, very strategic time. And you better not just say, peace and safety. And just allow sudden destruction to come and overtake us. But to be the soldiers of the God. To stand in the gap. To pray. To put that armor on. To bring others into Christ. To make sure that you're walking in light and you're ready. And that you're making a difference. How important this is. Look what he says. He says, but ye brethren are not in darkness. That this day should overtake you as a thief. You see the enemy comes in like a thief. He comes in an hour that you think not. But the church's eyes should be discerning. That's why Jesus said, watch and be ready for an hour that you think not the Son of Man comes. The Son of Man is not coming with a big band show that everyone's going to know it. He's coming at a time that you think not. That's why it tells us that that day should not overtake you because we should discern the day. Then it says, ye are all the children of light and the children of the day and not of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep. Now look, I don't want to be critical, but would you agree with me that at large, the church in America is really having a snooze? Yes. <laughs> Boy, Sister Donna can really do that, brother. Uh. Oh, sometimes the room goes... <laughs> For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. And so, folks, we have to rise out of sleep. We have to awake. And that's why I'm preaching this today. Because God wants us to awake out of sleep. Now, I'm going to give you one more verse, and then we are going to uh, be finished, all right? I want you to turn with me to Ezekiel. Because maybe some of you feel, well, I don't really get this. Is God dependent on us? Is Pastor Mike right? Is intercession going to change this? Well, look at this verse, Ezekiel 22, verse 30 and 31. If we could have that up there, Evan does such an astute job. It'll be up there just in a flash of an eye. Okay. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found none look at the result of that complacency therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath 
Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Sleep is good, but not in a battle. Did you get me? Sleep is refreshing, but not when the enemy is at the door. It's time to rise up. It's time to take back the kingdom. It's time to believe God to make a difference in the church and by the church and in this country that it will be the land of the free. Praise God. Praise God. So God wonders. And I guess as a pastor sometimes I wonder. But I'm persuaded better things of you. Let's get praying. How about if every one of us commit to pray 10 minutes a day for our country that God will restore it. I'm not going to have you turn to this next verse, but this is one I love. Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. God is greater than everything that we're going through, but we better not let it just trifle. We better not say peace and safety. We're Americans. I had one fellow one time in the grocery store. I was sharing concerns. And he said, young fellow, he said, this is America. Nothing can ever hurt us. And I thought, wow, how blind we are. There's much repentance we need to do for America. Like Daniel of old, I think we need to put some sackcloth and ashes, not on physically, but in our hearts. And we need to pray, Lord, forgive us for our sin of abortion. Forgive us for our sins that are rampant, our immorality, our drunkenness. Forgive us for our drug addiction. Forgive us for our alternate lifestyles. Forgive us for leaving your word. Forgive us, oh God. Pray that way. Daniel prayed for Israel, excuse me, yes, while they were in Babylon. And God worked such a miracle that he let that whole nation go back. In the history of this world, there's never been a conquered people released to go back and build their capital. But God is a God of miracles. Now I'm finished. But I'm going to pray for us. Make us strong. Make us to rise up. Are you with me? How many want strength to pray? I'm going to pray for that. Lord, give us strength to pray. You young people, it's your country. You pray. You shine. God bless them that are here, that are younger. Anoint them, Grace and her friend. Come upon these young people. Make them warriors, oh God, for you. Make them strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Help us to rise up a mighty army, even in our little church, Lord, that we can pray and we can effect change. Lord, awaken us out of sleep. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just tell you today that we give ourselves wholly to Thee. Lord, we want you to have your way in our lives personally. Wash us and cleanse us. Lord, perhaps where we've been negligent, God, we pray that you'll forgive. But Lord, I pray today as we give ourselves to you anew and afresh, 
Lord, you'll give us power in prayer. Lord, you'll come to us and give us such a hunger for you. Lord, we want you to have your way first in our lives personally. And then, Lord, we want you to have your way in our country, in our land. Lord, in our families. Lord, in our businesses. Lord, in this whole land. God, we want you to come forth. And, Lord, we know it takes prayer. We know it takes walking and living according to the word of God. You said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And Lord, we want you to live out your truth within us. Lord, give us real hunger and desire to pray. Lord, I pray that you'll impart into everyone in this place and those that are hearing uh, ability to pray in the Holy Ghost. Lord, not just made up prayers, what they think or think it should be, but God, I pray they'll be God-given prayers. Lord, that you'll teach us to pray in the Holy Ghost. Lord, where you'll speak prayers into our hearts, and Lord, you'll cause us to speak it forth that lines up with the Word of God, and things start changing, and things start happening, because you're raising up an army. Hallelujah! that is equipped with the armor of God. Lord, equip us. Lord, help us to put on our armor and to rise up and to march forward into the victories that you have for us at this time. Lord, we don't look around us. We don't hear the siren voices, but God, we're listening to the word of God. We're standing upon your word. You paid the price on Calvary and there's power in the blood. There's power in your name. story already. There's victory in Jesus. It's we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, help us this day. Lord, help us to be prayer warriors. Help us to be intercessors. Help us to be those that stand and will not back off. Deliver from fear and doubt. Help us to get a sight of you, Lord, and your word. And we know the truth will set you free. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. And you came to set us free. Now, Lord, our eyes are upon you, and we're believing you that you're helping every one of us. We bow before you, and we say, Jesus, lay your hand upon us. Thank you, Lord. Lord, make us to be those that walk with the King, that pray and seek you with all our...